Hello, I'm Derek S. McGrath. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm recording this on Monday, July 31st, 2023. And on Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023, I will be recording another audio commentary as I continue going through Season 5 of Boongo Stray Dogs. Last time, we looked at Season 5, Episode 3 of Boongo Stray Dogs, Episode 53 overall, titled Hero vs. Criminal. Today, we're doing audio commentary on Season 5, Episode 4, Episode 54 overall, titled Hero War, Gain War. This audio commentary is released Wednesday night after the premiere of the episode and is available for any patrons at the $5 tier at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. And then this commentary will be public and free by Sunday night to watch on YouTube or listen via the podcast RSS link in the description. There is also a spoiler warning for all of Bungo Stray Dogs, and I do mean all of it, up to chapter 108 of the Bungo Stray Dogs manga, as well as the films, stage plays, light novels, and audio dramas. And future me interrupting this audio commentary to warn that this is going to be another negative reaction to this episode. So if you aren't up for a lot of whining and complaining while you're trying to listen to the episode, or if you're not up for skipping ahead past the audio commentary to hear my post-episode thoughts on the episode, where I do more whining and complaining about the episode, feel free to stop. I'll see you next week for the Season 5, Episode 5 audio commentary. There are also timestamps in the description to skip ahead to different parts of this commentary. In this audio commentary, I will talk about the episode trailer, then which chapters I think will be adapted, I'll get into the audio commentary, and at the end I'll go over some other Bungo Stray Dogs news and updates, including some follow-ups about Season 5, Episode 3, a recent interview that Kaka Asagiri gave, and my final thoughts about today's episode. As a disclaimer, based on what is in the manga, I expect today will be another gory episode, and I'm still going to be ranting about how much I don't like Fukuchi as a character. This is not a Fukuchi-friendly space, but let's keep going. On Monday, July 31st, 2023, Kadokawa released the trailer for Season 5, Episode 4. There are also images online and a plot synopsis. Hat tip to Tumblr account 9 of scans for this information. What do we see in this trailer? We begin probably partway into the episode with Tachihara making an impassioned plea to the hunting dogs that the agency is innocent, as he points out that even Fuguchi had thought the agency wasn't guilty. We then go back earlier into the episode, picking up where we left off in the previous episode. We get our first image of Bram Stoker as he'll appear in the anime. Next we see it's sunset and Fuguchi is back on the ship. I'll talk more about how well Studio Bones handled showing the passage of time across episodes 2, 3, and 4. Also, in the preview images from 9 of Scans, we see Fukuchi holding up Bram Stoker to command him to turn Akutagawa into a vampire, and now in the trailer, we see Akutagawa resurrected as a vampire, and he has cornered Higuchi and is about to turn her. We cut back to Tachihara meeting with the hunting dogs, and if I may interrupt, there's something about this scene I wanted to point out. 
We'll get to which chapters I think will be adapted in a moment, but if I can tease that, in the anime there is an argument between Juno and Techo. In the manga, it's staged as just an argument of words, but the paneling in the manga did look similar to a moment in one of the season 5 trailers in which Juno activates his ability to evaporate before being sliced. I thought that was Fukuchi slicing him, but the trailer clip and the staging made it look more like Techo. Like I said, in the chapters adapted for today's episode, Techo does not physically attack Juno, but maybe Studio Bones will restage this scene to add Techo slice at Juno. This also would end up revealing Juno's evaporation ability earlier than the manga did, though. And the trailer for today's episode shows the color scheme of the room Techo and Juno are in, so unless they change rooms, that is not the same lighting as the Season 5 trailer. In any case, back to the trailer. Tachihara is meeting with the hunting dogs, where he reveals he repaired the USB from Sky Casino, which will exonerate the agency. The other hunting dogs don't look too interested in here. Pay attention to Teruko in today's episode, given that her disinterest in this information is telling, given where her alliances are with Fukuchi, and where they're going to end up by the end of this season. While Teruko doesn't look interested here, we do see in the trailer that she is now atop Tachihara's shoulders, beating him for hiding that evidence on the USB this long. Oh, and Fukuchi realizes he is about to be exposed for his crimes, and he's not pleased. The next scene in the trailer shows the fight between Tachihara and Fukuchi. If I may go on a diatribe about those scenes, given how the last episode went and how that trailer went, it's not the worst assumption that each trailer pretty much shows everything but the last 25 to 30% of the episode. So this trailer cuts off right as Fukuchi has won this fight. The mystery then is not whether Tachihara will win. He's not going to. The mystery is how he will lose, and how badly it will end for him. It is bothersome to even question whether Fukuchi will lose, because his time travel ability is too powerful. The trailer is trying more and more to make it obvious Fukuchi will win. Right down to him having the typical Studio Bones turtle smile as he smugly looks at the viewer, albeit maybe with some regret in his eyes. So, Fukuchi will win, his time travel is too powerful. Granted that this episode sticks to the manga, we will hear Fukuchi finally introduce the limits to his ability, and it is still overpowered. I appreciate Kafka Asagiri finding the most natural way to show the limits of Fukuchi's time travel, that being first showing Fukuchi can only time travel across a specific physical distance and he can travel back only so many seconds, it's still a broken ability. I know it's to show his quick thinking and fast movements and typically I prefer characters who are smart, but this moves beyond. I can see this character being able to pull this off and instead comes across as this is the outcome the writer wanted and they worked backwards to make the character so powerful that this could happen. It's why Tachihara losing today is going to be infuriating. He's the one with the metal controlling the abilities. He should be able 
to rip Fukuchi's time travel sword away. And instead, we will see Fukuchi from the future was giving instructions to Fukuchi in the past about how to get Tachihara to stand in exactly the right spot so that he could pull time travel on his own sword right through Tachihara's body. Again, as I keep repeating, Tachihara can just pull the sword away from Fukuchi. If the solution is always just going to be time travel, then there's no way to beat this guy. In any case, back to the trailer, we see Tachihara using his magnetic ability on Fukuchi's sword, and we see he has put back on his Black Lizard nose bandage, and he has the Port Mafia headquarters behind him in the background, and he has thrown off his hunting dog's cape, all to signify that he is Port Mafia all the way, and is not going back to the hunting dog so long as Fukuchi is here. So, that's what was in the trailer. Based on the trailer, which chapters do I think will be adapted into Season 5, Episode 4? As with the previous audio commentary, I'm skittish about doing a full summary of what happens in the manga, seeing as I'll just retread the same ground when talking over the episode today. Let me try to keep this part as brief as possible. Episode 4 adapted out to Chapter 87. Episode 5 is titled Hero War Gain War. That is the title of chapters 89, 90, and 91, which means we might be adapting four freaking chapters today, chapters 88 to 91. Maybe instead of summarizing all those chapters, we could talk about what's in those chapters, but not in the trailer for today's episode. If this episode indeed adapts chapters 88 to 91, that means we will see Atushi's escape, We'll see Atushi wrestling with what to think about the fact that Akutagawa saved his life at the cost of his own. When Atushi escapes Fukuchi, we're gonna hear the limits of Fukuchi's time travel abilities. The manga has Fukuchi realize Atushi escaped, and due to delays, he can't catch up to him. The best explanation we get is that the submarine Atushi is on is too far deep underwater for his space travel range. I appreciate being told there is a maximum amount of physical distance that Fukuchi can affect time travel onto, but seeing as he can still time travel, I don't get it. He does say the security guard cost him time, so I guess it was too long a duration for him to travel back. Again, seems arbitrary, especially since couldn't he just travel back 5 seconds and then when he travels back, travel back another 5 seconds and so on until compounding it he could travel back minutes even hours this is writing to get to the conclusion desired which is for atushi to escape to live to fight another episode in any case atushi gets away we actually see this in one of the preview images from nine of scans we see ongo with atushi the two of them watching the sunset over yokohama's bridge sidebar I don't know why fans online are criticizing the fact that Atushi tried to stay behind to stop Fukuchi. Rompo had told Atushi to escape. Fans online are saying Atushi should have listened to Rompo. We can see Atushi had zero chance to escape anyway without Akutagawa. So of course Atushi was going to stay and fight. It's not like Atushi doesn't have practically unlimited invulnerability and maybe even immortality because 
We haven't seen anyone successfully kill him yet. In any case, what else do we get in these chapters but not in the trailer? We're going to see Fukuchi turn Akutagawa into a vampire. I'm curious whether Studio Bones can pull off the humor inherent to Bram Stoker without it being too off-putting given how serious everything has been up to now and how Bram Stoker is a tragic figure but he is so pitiful that you get a couple of laughs out of him. However, given the really bad insistence of the manga to keep acting like Fukuchi is a silly guy when, no, fuck that guy, he's the bad guy here, I'm not optimistic Studio Bones is going to pull off bouncing back and forth between the humor and the tragedy that is Bram Stoker without the conflicting, contradicting tones leaving a bad impression on the viewer. Anyway, what else is in these chapters adapted today? We'll see Higuchi, now as a vampire, attacking Gin and Hirotsu, which makes Tachihara feel even more guilty for turning his back on the Mafia. And we'll see Mori from the Season 5 trailer reveal. And it's going to reveal that Mori already knew that Tachihara was a government mole this entire time. Which, not to start nitpicking the lore of this series too much, but uh, seriously, Mori was the commanding officer over Tachihara's brother. Tachihara joined the Mafia right after Ango was out as a mole. Of course Mori would figure this out. If anything, it's infuriating that Mori got Tachihara's brother killed, and yet Tachihara in this episode is going to be inspired by Mori and committed to working for him. I know this is trying to rewrite the story in a way that would be appealing to me personally, especially because characters in your story aren't going to act like how you expect them to act, but between Chuya and Tachihara both getting down on their hands and knees before Mori, it is really bothersome trying to get behind characters when you're like, that guy Mori is the one that you're caping, that's your hero. There should be irony here, that Tachihara is working for the guy who got his brother killed, and is obsessed with killing Yosano, but not Mori. It doesn't work when you don't have the story beating that point into your head to recognize that Tachihara is acting foolish. So, Tachihara, when you're done in your fight with Fukuchi, could you go over and beat up Mori next? What else happens in today's episode? Seeing as we didn't get Tachihara's backstory last season, are we going to see his troubled family history in today's episode? Or is that too much content to fit into the number of minutes available for today's episode? I already got burned out last week wondering whether we get Akutagawa's backstory in episode 3, and that didn't happen, I'm hopeful but not optimistic that we will get any additional information about Tachihara. In any case, Chapter 91 ends with the vampire attacks happening globally. The UN agrees to send Fukuchi the weapon One Order from the Order of the Clock Tower in order to stop this global attack by vampires. We see an airport. Maybe that's an airport we're going to see again. Maybe this episode will show that airport with a very familiar girl already there. I kind of doubt it, since we don't get to Aya until chapter 92, but be on the lookout in case that does happen and Aya makes a cameo today. So, 
That's what happens in the chapters, likely being adapted today. Let's get on to today's episode. We begin this live reaction audio commentary to the newest Boongo Stray Dogs episode, that being episode 54 overall, season 5, episode 4, titled Hero War Gain War. It is now Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. I had today's episode pulled up and paused. You can watch this episode on the Crunchyroll website, then pause the episode before it starts. I'll do a countdown, so after I finish saying 3, 2, 1, unpause, you can unpause the episode and watch along with my audio commentary. Everyone ready? Okay, starting the countdown, 3, 2, 1, unpause. I can already hear the anime fans being so upset that we didn't make Akutagawa sacrifice look and sound more like how it is in the manga. We removed that concerned look Akutagawa had, we removed the framing, we removed the angle, the translation doesn't quite match. People obsessed, I think correctly, that Akutagawa showed as close as he can to affection there, and it didn't come across to me that way here in the anime. We also had to start with a reminder of the pain of last episode, but we had to rush it again. This is all to emphasize that Fukuchi is now our new protagonist for this season, and I hate this. I hate this. Thanos is the real hero of Infinity War when, no, he wasn't. He was the protagonist. He's still the bad guy. It's the same here with Fukuchi. He's now our sole focus this season, and I hate that. I hate that the character who is propelling action each time and taking initiative is going to be Fukuchi. It gets sour when you just see the agency is out of its depth. They're not going to be able to pull this off. I appreciate what Kaka Asagiri is going for to try to make things seem bleak so that you think they're really going to lose and have no chance of winning. So he has the page of the book. He's showing his time travel sword now in public. I regret that in previous episodes I didn't bring up how come he can't. I really thought they were going to cut the security guard part, so I'm surprised they didn't. I regret that in previous episodes I neglected to pay attention. Upon rewatch, I saw, okay, they do clarify, here's how many seconds he can go back in time, here's how many centimeters he can travel. Why he doesn't compound that, I don't know. You're telling me he hasn't figured out with all his time with that sword how to keep inching back more and more in time to say, I can go back a minute, okay, now I can go back two minutes, five minutes, an hour, a day. That you just keep repeating the sword and you keep going back in time before one minute is up. I know that the sword doesn't allow him to send messages, but that it just becomes, oh, Atushi escaped. 
and we're just to believe that. If this was Gogol with this ability, Gogol is brilliant. Fuguchi just sucks at figuring out how he uses his ability. It's the Wally West in Justice League problem. The Flash can keep using his abilities in ways that should be intelligent, but we make the character more inexperienced so that it doesn't work. The opening title sequence now having Ajushi's victory is now sour. This is the season four ending title sequence problem all over again where this stuff is not going to age well. I also don't know why he needed Ango there to explain to him what happened or to make sense of it. Granted, if Ango here is acting in the therapist role, that would actually be impressive. I'm kind of shocked we don't had those in this series. But we're rushing everything. We keep doing this. It's like, no, take a moment to show Ajushi thinking through this. Show Ango talking with him. But we gotta get to the next part, which is... The Kane himself, Bram Stoker, the most valid character. He's so valid for that. The humor didn't quite work for me, given that we wake him up, he asks how many years, it's been two weeks, and we don't do something with the music or animation. Yes, he curses you because you're a sack of shit. They keep changing the translation. It was the Ten Calamities. Here it's the Ten Curses. In the manga, it may it sound like these were momentous events. Here, it just comes across without the capitalization on the subtitles as just a thing. This wasn't the voice I expected. Oh, eight years ago. I didn't remember that being mentioned in the manga. Kind of weird that Bram isn't willing to just die already. This wasn't the voice I expected for Stoker. It fits. Again, we're quickening the pace so much instead of taking time to tease all of this out and build up the suspense. It's just, I get to the next plot point, and we're now at this one. Would have been nice if we had shown that. In the manga, they don't show a funeral either, so... Senpai, I always wanted a vampire novel to be real in my life, but not like this. Higuchi waited so long to get any action with Akutagawa, and it ends this badly.
why they had the narration instead of just get to the action. The narration doesn't help for this. As Itachi Hara, couldn't just use his ability in a smarter fashion without anyone noticing. Again, why isn't Hirotsu in charge of the Port Mafia? If you think it's abrupt here in the anime, it was about as bad in the manga too. It isn't that adding Vampire Sons Lee braces story. I do think after just introducing time travel, this is a bit much. Again, as I'm going to talk about later in today's audio commentary, they should have adapted 55 minutes. Having the time travel clarified for us would have made it easier to accept Fukuchi's abilities and then the vampire stuff. With the anime, it's a bit much. If you're reading the manga, it's not a bit much. If you're reading the light novels, it's not a bit much. If you're going in with just the anime, this is too much, too fast, adding more and more mythology from all these different sources that is conflicting. This isn't Dawn to Dawn, where you begin with the conceit of aliens versus ghosts. You gotta accept both. Again, would be nice to see that unfold. Even the manga doesn't really show the police interfering to protect the agency beyond that one scene. Why? What goes his ability when he couldn't even stop the Port Mafia? When he couldn't figure out how to use his ability without Hirotsu figuring it out? I do appreciate this episode and let Tachihara be this smart and show that he has been able to figure this stuff out. I just wish that we had gotten more than earlier. I wish that it would actually lead to Fukuchi's defeat. The fact that this isn't going to help and Fukuchi is still going to win this fight and we're going to disable Tachihara in the same blow. I hate this. The person that Tachihara mentioned as a contact to share this evidence within the police. I had to look through the Bungo wiki. Evidently, he was Minora's predecessor before he took over in the first Rompo episode. So, we haven't seen Yasui yet in the manga proper. He's just been name-dropped these two times.
if you could imagine the face I'm making that now we decide to do a corny gag, it is one of the most dispirited, annoyed faces you can imagine for right now. Not Fukuchi's annoyed, angry, I got caught face, but definitely a, wow, that was annoying. And we're already at the halfway point, which means we're going to rush a lot. We got to get through this entire fight. We're probably not going to get Sanchihara's backstory. The fact that Fukuchi has space control abilities but can't figure out where to hide Bram Stoker. And we got him rush that gag. And we got him rush the reveal that Hachihara was there. And we cut that Fukuchi was shocked. But we got the Port Mafia behind him to show he's now fully Port Mafia. Also, that flashback of Fukuzawa with the drink. We're going to get that later. I think that's chapter 104. Maybe that will be adapted this season to finally get the full backstory as to how Fukuchi joined the front lines. And... Fukuzawa rejected him, which then complicates his entire I'm here to stop war and stop corrupt politicians rant that he's going to get to Tachihara, and instead it's going to just be he's angry that his best friend, the closest man in his life, didn't join him on the front lines. It just divests so much political significance to Fukuchi's story. And we're also cheapening the animation by using the sound effects to have Mori walk around but not animated. And no, I'm not here for Mori later. No offense to his actors, no offense about who the real life Mori was, but this iteration is, you can't cape this guy. And we're even rushing that with how Mori got through to Tachihara. It just becomes, he got through to him, we're moving on. We're keeping this pace so fast that moments don't get to land. Kaka Asagiri is a talented novelist, is a talented story writer. I just don't think it works in adapting an animation because you're not letting scenes drag out and really heighten the drama. Were. Yeah, it would be nice if that would happen. See, in the trailer, I thought this was more that he was regretting what he's going to do. And instead, it's just him being smug. I can't have sympathy for this turtle smile Mitch McConnell jerk. At least the music's good. And where did the stupid time travel sword come from? And again, if he can control metal, 
then we can end this fight immediately, and then it doesn't end. And yeah, I'm just gonna be miserable. I did like the animation to make Tachihara look more punk, just how he's practically spitting the words, that was good animation. Again, there's no way Fuguchi should be able to win. Yeah, and then it turns out he still cut the past. Again, the music is good. I appreciate the soundtrack. When you got the same people who worked on Soul Eater working on this, the music's gonna be top rates. That this was Maury's plan. Ugh. Making all of this just seem like Tachihara putting the valiant effort and then it's not going to win because Fukuchi just happens to know that's the mark where to get Tachihara to stand. Again, how did he know to time travel with the sword? How did he pull that off? You shouldn't have been fine with it. And again, this is stupid. Yeah, so how would that happen? Again, he couldn't have predicted it that well. You're acting like he's this smart when the message didn't even clarify for him anything. They keep acting like, oh, he can't send a message to himself, and then suddenly he can send a message to himself. And now we disable him to just make this all the more infuriating. Not really. 
And again, we rush it that he's demanding that he get killed. We're not building out tension and God, I'm just infuriated with this storyline. And now we gotta sit through his boring tirade about how angels are politicians and they're the ones who don't get attacked. They're the ones who send other people to get attacked. You're valid for that, Tachihara, but stop acting like you didn't sit through good literature. We're trying to act like Fukuchi is this smart that he knew, oh, this sign indicates stab right here. Yeah, but I guess it's supposed to be that the emblem looks like Tachihara's body would be leaning this way. This is where your sword needs to lean. Fine, that's fine enough, but to act like I'm trying to move backwards to get Tachihara into this position, there was no guarantee he was going to go back there. Again, this moves away from he's able to be this smart, and then here he's just this lucky. And also, I don't believe for a moment that Tachihara couldn't still use his metal abilities right now to just attack wildly. How would you know that Tachihara? Oh, okay, so because the world would have already fallen. Okay, fine. The fact that in his hands anything is a weapon is also cheap. It's just the ability does whatever it says it does. At least... And no, I don't remember whether we've seen Tachihara as a vampire in the manga yet. And another dispiriting episode as we now move to a global pandemic, which is just so nice during our current ongoing pandemic. Great timing, everyone. You somehow made vampires boring. That's an incredible feat. Like, again, if we had kept it just Bram Stoker, this would have been fun. Now it's just everyone's a mindless vampire, and we're not really adding anything new to vampire mythos or pulling something deeper from the original Dracula novel. It's just everyone is now a mindless killing machine in the hands of a fascist.
I also don't know what we're doing with the ending music. Is the ending music existing here as a rallying cry that things can get better? Or is it just existing to tell us that things are going to get worse? So, that was Season 5, Episode 4. What are my thoughts about it? I had to step away for a while before recording this next part, and I had hoped some time away would dissuade me from just having hostility towards the episode and its role in the overall arc, or at least recognizing whether that hostility is only because we're not supposed to be happy with the events transpiring, we're supposed to dislike Fukuchi, we're supposed to be anxious, waiting to see whether our heroes can win the day, and that is where the problem lies. My dislike for this episode is not only due to being worried about the events transpiring, or due to disliking Fukuchi, or due to being anxious about the heroes winning. Let me go through each of those three topics, the depressing events, Fukuchi, and the heroes winning, before I get into... No, it's not just these three things that make trying to watch this episode miserable, it's also adaptation choices by Studio Bones and Kodokawa that are compromising the emotions the audience is supposed to feel, whether due to a bizarre refusal to keep what works in the illustrations and the paneling and the character posing and expressions from the manga's artwork, or due to this insistence on rushing through moments instead of, as you should with a book, savor the moment before turning the page. So, those three points, starting with point one, the events of the story. The events transpiring are bad, but we're not given any reasons to think they'll get better. Asigiri is excellent at writing serialized narratives, and as I said, we'll talk in a moment about how this anime fails to bring out that excellent quality in Asigiri's writing in failing to adapt well to manga or the light novels. We rushed through so much today. Granted, it was that bad in the manga as well. Higuchi's dialogue is pretty much the same as the manga, including her mentioning that they had just had Akutagawa's funeral. You know what would have been nice? And I gotta contain myself so I'm not just cursing up a storm. Actually showing the freaking funeral. I'll get to this later, but it is bizarre how insistent Studio Bones is on sticking to a particular pace and particular events from the manga, but not adding to them. I know that adds more money for backgrounds and character designs, but you couldn't show us the freaking funeral for Akutagawa? Show us why the Mafia actually does indeed give a damn about Akutagawa? Actually show Gein mourning him, or... Maybe surprise us with how Tachihara reacts or Hirotsu. Show Mori and whether he has any concern or is scheming and plotting. You had this opportunity to do more with your characters and you just give up trying to tease out a little bit for some character progression. We have Hikuchi confessing her feelings for Akutagawa. We have his sister at the funeral, but nope, we gotta move on to the next plot beat because the manga did. Look, the manga is the manga. It's a serialized story out once per month. It has to fill in as much story as it can within a limited number of pages. This is an anime. Tell a story that can take its time. 
is the episode count really so crunched that we can't slow down and determine new ways where to start and stop episodes? Just because a manga chapter begins at this event and ends at this one doesn't mean the anime has to. The anime doesn't have to stick this close to the manga where it just has to end on a particular cliffhanger like a chapter did. I will continue to say that the previous episode should have been two parts. One ending with Akutagawa told to kill Atushi, and this one with Bram Stoker resurrecting Akutagawa. Hell, maybe instead you had this one be Atushi actually getting to talk with Ongo, actually show some more visible facial reactions from Atushi thinking about Akutagawa, actually let Ongo speak. Then the credits can be the Mafia's funeral, then a post-credits scene as a flashback to Fukuchi resurrecting Akutagawa, and another post-credits scene ends with Akutagawa attacking Higuchi, so that this episode that we watched today can be just a Tachihara episode. And yes, we will get into how this should have been a Tachihara episode, but wasn't. That's one heck of a long complaint, so let's instead talk about something positive. Asagiri is good at bringing out the events of this world. I will once again get into Fukuchi being too overpowered, but before I again go on that rant, let me say what Asagiri did well with him. There is build-up in the manga for Fukuchi getting this powerful, and there is precedence in earlier stories to set it up. I still despise the time travel sword. But as I said in the commentary, and as I'll say in a moment, it's not as if the light novel 55 Minutes didn't already introduce time travel. It's not a big step to move from Fukuchi can empower whatever weapon he holds, to Fukuchi has a time travel sword, to Fukuchi can unleash vampires. The problem is pacing. The events transpiring so far have given little room to actually think about any of them. Maybe it's the problem of Bungo Stray Dogs. Or, in an interview I'll mention a moment about Asagiri talking about shonen manga, maybe it's hard for me not to see Asagiri and Studio Bones trying to turn Bungo Stray Dogs into a shonen story before adults, but failing to make it into a signing manga to actually say something about shonen stories aside from you thought Tachihara's passion would win the day, but this is a mystery story, and Asagiri loves setting up a mystery to have Rampo or Poe or Ogre or now Fukuchi break down the mystery to uncover the truth. It feels like this is a story that wants to comment on disparate age demographics and genres and how one doesn't fit into the other, or that Asagiri is restaging the manga he used to read into a new structure for a different kind of audience where you subvert expectations and have the good guys lose all the time, and that your red-hot passion as a young person isn't going to save the day. Okay, but what's the deeper meaning beyond these narrative cliches that you were expecting aren't going to pan out? If this is a series about literature, what is it trying to say about literary motifs and cliches and tropes to make it so that Fukuchi constantly winning is saying something more than just, you thought Tachihara could win, but he never had a chance? 
And since I am bringing up Fukuchi, let's get to the second point. We're supposed to dislike Fukuchi. And yes, the fact that he is more and more powerful is contributing to that dislike. But as I said, when Asagiri, at least in the manga, has done a good job, although not a very good job, establishing the stakes and letting it be believable, if not enjoyable, how Fukuchi gets more and more powerful, it is still bothersome when the anime is not letting that stuff rest and spread out. The manga comes out once per month. That is enough time to sit and think with how Fukuchi is about to be exposed by Tachihara, and whether Tachihara is smart enough to win this fight. I actually liked the anime making clear something I didn't get as clearly from the manga, and that is taking quite a bit of time showing the symbol that Tachihara notices. Yeah, I still think this is a cheat, and you're not making Fukuji smart so much as just lucky that he just happened to carve some symbol that he knew he would carve because his future self carved it, and then he just happened to have memorized the code system where he knew that the one line meant that's the outline of Tachihara's posture, where he would be standing, and the other line would be where he is supposed to send his sword. That is too convenient. You're telling me he knew the exact spot where Tachihara would be, and exactly how far away from that wall to Tachihara's stand, and the angle and height where to stab Tachihara. This is too much. I don't know whether that scene could be improved by slowing down to show every step Fukuchi took, after all, we sped through Rompo's scheme in episode 1 because, honestly, it's easy enough to follow, and in hindsight, even after my negative remarks about episode 1, at least we got through Rompo's explanation because how he rescued the agency members is less interesting than what they do next. With Fukuchi, though, because Asagiri didn't introduce him earlier, and since the anime really should have just tossed him into season 1 as a background character with his exploits and film appearances, assuming Asagiri had created Fukuchi earlier and could have done so, then we would have known Fukuchi longer and know what he could do. By this point, this is only the second episode to show his time travel. Rules aren't established. This is making him too powerful. So, that's the second point. Let's get to the third point. The heroes winning. Again, if the budget was unlimited, and time unlimited, I would have restructured this season so that one episode begins with Akutagawa considering Fukuchi's offer to kill Atushi, and the episode ending before credits with Atushi considering Akutagawa's sacrifice. This story, even in the manga, is not giving us a reason to root for the heroes. Atushi is here and gone so quickly in this episode. We don't see him catching up with the agency yet. We don't even see Rompo freed from the book Atushi is carrying. We need to root for the agency, and this arc isn't giving us a reason to do so, because we have zero reason to think they'll win. It makes any victory hollow. Go read the manga, go right now and read from the chapter that will be adapted next week, all the way to the latest chapter at time of recording, chapter 108. There are no victories by the Agency. Aya kidnaps Fram Stoker. That's not the Agency, that's Aya. Atushi, a character already wrongly being up by fans of this series as being a boring protagonist and not the real hero of this story? Atushi gets kidnapped 
then ripped apart by vampire Akutsugawa. Kunikida and Zanzaki get kidnapped, Fukuchin likely killed Fukuzawa and Rompo. Kenji is the only one to get a real victory. We sidelined our girls and women characters. I guess Kyoka is bodyguarding Yosano. Why should we root for the agency when they are not even a factor in their own story? The Mafia did more in this episode. The Hunting Dogs did more in this episode. And let's get to where Studio Bones really screwed up. This should have been Sachihara's episode. We again are rushing the pace. I already said that this anime should be like picking up the manga or one of the light novels. You should feel a pace where you can go page to page to build anticipation as to what comes next. We should flip the page to see Akutagawa's sad smile at Atsushi as he tells him, to quote the Yen Press translation, Away with you, you fool. Not the clearest translation, but so oddly worded that it's like poetry. The anime adaptation? What sad smile are we getting from Akutsugawa here? Instead, we get that crazy smile and a gusher of blood. The Crunchyroll subtitles? It's no longer, away with you, you fool. It's now, get out of here. The anime is not treating this as literature. It's treating it as just getting from one plot point to the next. No time to grieve, no time to process, even a joke. With that Akutagawa moment, it's not just the pacing, it's the framing. The moment in the manga is so soft. The moment in the anime is just gritty. Since I did the audio commentary, Tumblr user AnyAnnery already restaged that panel as if it was adapted for the anime. Go check it out, link is in the description. I have complained about when anime studios stick so closely to the manga that they fail to do something new. I see that problem with Mashal in terms of character designs, and what little I have seen Eclipse of Fire Force insisting on sticking to Okubo's art style when it really does not fit well for animation. It's why Studio Bones did a much better job redesigning his characters for Soul Eater. Speaking of which, I saw it with how closely Studio Bones stuck to certain paneling for My Hero Academia to translate directly into storyboarding, more often succeeding than failing, so Bones knows how to pick up a manga, look at it, and say, okay, make the storyboards look like these panels. Why didn't they do that for that Akutagawa moment? It is a change with no improvement, or if not improvement, a change that doesn't actually do anything to enhance the tone or the moment in the anime. It's just bloody, brutal, and gruesome. Who cares? We have enough of that with the earlier dismemberments. Give us something softer to evoke the audience's pain for Kutsugawa. But that would actually require making us care about Kutsugawa, and we're not getting that when the anime is rushing through everything and doesn't make an episode all about Kutsugawa and doesn't make an episode that delves into his backstory. I don't like saying that one medium requires the audience to go to another. I despise when you see a movie, and if you don't understand something, it becomes go read the comic, go see this television show, and then it will make sense. If it's not within the work itself, 
that's homework. That's requiring additional spending of money, additional work to track down that source material. You should be able to watch this anime and get what you need out of it. If you really want something that will have clarified Akutsugawa, you could have adapted the short story, which was already included with the manga. So if you're a manga reader, you already read the story of Akutsugawa. It's right there. You don't need to go outside the manga to get it. You don't even need to pick up a light novel. Studio Bones' revision was a change with no improvements. And it's a problem that persists as well for developing Tachihara. The manga showed us how bad his family history was, and that made you sympathize with him, and then the anime cuts it out. But we'll say more about Tachihara in a moment. I also want to talk about the paneling. In the manga, you can use the borders of a panel to help reinforce what you should be focusing on, or you can use the difference between a close-up and a far-away shot for the sake of a transition of a motion. When Fukuchi awakens Bram Stoker in the manga, we do a far-away shot for when Bram Stoker says, close the lid and let me sleep longer. We didn't do that in this episode, so again, the lack of contrast ruins the joke. They instead do that when Bram Stoker asks for the radio, but that's not how it was staged in the manga. Instead was Bram Stoker talking, next panel, the coffin lid is put back on. That we see the lid being put on, it interrupts him. That is the joke. Why did Studio Bones revise these moments when you needed them to tell a joke? It's not just the problem of moving from manga page to anime screen at the soft moments like Akutsugawa. This is now doing harm to what little comedy we should have gotten from this episode. Seriously, read the Bram Stoker parts of the manga. Then look at how weirdly seriously they're staged in the anime. We get that annoying Teruko gag and it's so cartoony. But it's too soon to do that with Stoker. It's too soon to have Bram Stoker be a comedic character. We turn Akutsugawa's pitiful moments that makes him look soft and weak into just a shonen crazed look of passion and refusal to give up when... No, this is Akutsugawa's last stand. There is nothing passionate. There is no victory. This is a depressing moment, not a defiant one. We turn Bram Stoker into a way too serious character without the comedic effect. Some of that owes to paneling. The panels are set up so that Bram brings up that it's been only two weeks, then cuts to a far shot to show how tiny and like a baby he looks in bed, and he just wants more sleep. And we don't get that same approach when, for whatever reason, Studio Bones didn't want to make a joke there. Is there anything else I want to mention about this episode before I move on to other discussions? I'm going to rant here, so this is going to be a rapid-fire bullet point list of impressions as I was re-reviewing the episode, so bear with me. This isn't time to the episode. It's not an audio commentary. It's just me giving a litany of observations at random, but mostly in order of how they happened in the episode. Like I said in the audio commentary, for Fukuchi being seemingly so smart, he doesn't know how to better use his power to compound its duration and physical distance. You're telling me he hasn't learned yet how he could contact himself? 
five seconds into his action so that he can rewind time another minute and gain himself an additional 55 seconds. Gogol would have figured it out. That no one on the boat was there to notice Bram Stoker, or that Fukuchi didn't realize there would still be security, or that the boat would go out to sea, is weirdly off for who we're building up to as a supposed genius. These don't come across as believable flaws that allowed the characters and advantage to eventually beat him. It's just randomly chosen as if Fukuchi is not some brilliant military commander. So moments where he relies too much on the page and the sword, we think he's weak, and then he surprises us with some military strategy that wins the day. But then you go backwards and think, well, then why didn't he capture Atushi and Rompo when he had the chance earlier? We should have slowed down to let Atushi grieve and show him talking with someone, whether Ongo or members of the agency. As I said earlier, the humor around Bram Stoker is too limited, so I'm not optimistic we're going to dig into his comedic potential once we get to the hilarious comedy duo of him and Aya in later episodes. The Higuchi scene was more violent and horror-inspired than it was in the manga. It would have been nice to have gotten some more interiority to Gein before her transformation. Otherwise, the color, the lighting, the horror elements, they all worked, it had impact. I guess I wish that it did something more with the vampire lore and mythology and setting so that this wasn't just a typical horror moment, that this could be a revision on horror or a more memorable way to do that kind of a monster story. The mafiosos being turned into vampires? It could have been better. Skipping ahead in the episode, that same problem persists when we get to the world's governments failing to stop the vampires. Even the twist of that one child leader being a vampire? It seemed more goofy rather than digging into how this has practically turned into a zombie movie. I'm not sure how I could make this all seem more like a monster movie, but something feels missing. As much credit as I'll give to Kafka Asagiri, Sometimes his references are very superficial. You can see that with the limited understanding of Mori and Tanazaki when the obsession is on one thing they wrote as opposed to how does this contribute to the overall message of their literature or to their overall completed set of works. It's the same with Nathaniel Hawthorne being reduced into an Arthur Dimsdale type when the real-life Hawthorne wasn't Catholic, and you can definitely read Catholicism into his life and his literature, but you're getting it wrong. That's not the story, and you need to figure out another way to work on that kind of an angle, to have it say something about the original work as opposed to just reinforcing misconceptions that readers make about classic literature. It comes across as, you yourself didn't read it, and you are writing to an audience that also didn't read it. Granted, you could take a lot of literature covered in this series, and I haven't read all of it. At least the Mark Twain stuff seemed like the most fitting, because, yeah, that's a pretty good representation of Mark Twain, or a highly idealized fictional version of him, without a lot of the emotional baggage. But to get back to the vampire stuff, 
I appreciate that it's difficult to pull it off in a new way, whether because Bram Stoker has to be a comedic presence and has to be sympathetic, so you can't have the vampire zombie horde look too monstrous because then we're going to blame Bram for it, or whether it's because it's just that difficult to find a new way to put a spin on a vampire story. And if that's the case, I don't know why the anime or even the manga tried. But onto a more positive note, I did appreciate that Hirotsu got to show his concern for Tachihara and tried to save him. As I said, this should have been Tachihara's episode, and I don't get why Bones is so insistent on trying to advance three to five different plot lines per episode instead of breaking up those plot lines so that one episode can be on one character in one plot line. I had this complaint last season about this episode should have been an Oguri, this episode should have been an Atashi, this episode should have been a Kunikita. Instead, they put the cliffhangers in such odd spaces and don't let an episode end for a character. It gets its impact muddled when it's delayed to be the middle point of another episode. I wish that in adapting this series for anime, they let each episode stand as its own character study, not just serialization, but also a good standalone episode. In other details in this episode, we got the Fukuzawa flashback earlier. I think we're going to get the full one when they adapt chapter 104. Mori's plan is dull. Shouldn't Tachihara have figured this out on his own? He is the one with the metal ability. It's disappointing that it took Mori coming up with the plan instead of Tachihara realizing, yeah, my metal inside the body can affect the brain. Which, speaking of which, the fact that Tachihara wasn't able to still command the time-traveling sword even when it was stabbed through him, why couldn't Tachihara even when Stabs had gotten his hands back on the sword, was he in that much pain that he couldn't focus? You know, it's almost like we needed one or two Tachihara episodes to show the extent of his powers so that I'm not doing this ridiculous world-building, power-scaling, nitpicky, fan-wicky tirade trying to make sense of things instead of just getting into the story. I mean, not to spoil things, but today is Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023 spoilers are out for the newest my hero academia chapter i read the summary i see so many people nitpicking the logic and the power scaling and the lore and i'm just saying back like no this is an awesome moment keep going this is actually entertaining if you can entertain the audience they won't be asking these questions when everything is just fuguchi keeps winning i'm sitting here then asking how come Tachihara's metal ability couldn't stop this? Why didn't we get an earlier episode showing us, here's how Tachihara's ability works, here's the extent of what it can accomplish? We've had four seasons. It almost makes you wish they had just shown Tachihara's ability even earlier. On to other complaints with Tachihara. He says he's Port Mafia, but then he says he thinks of the hunting dogs like a family. Like, we see that image. This would have been better if the anime had kept some of the scenes it cut from season 4 showing the interactions of the hunting dogs. But then again, the manga itself hasn't really done a good job of it. It hasn't made the hunting dogs appealing. 
it hasn't really clarified how they get along and how there's a family structure. Tachihara lost a brother. He has an admittedly shitty family. There should have been something here to show why this appeals to him, even if the audience doesn't get it, because I'm pretty sure you would try to show this and it would still look like an abusive household, which, wow, that makes me even sadder for Tachihara, going from one abusive family to another. That should be ripe for irony and making the audience give a shit. And it just doesn't work. On to other complaints. The refusal to let Fukuchi show any meaningful regret, as I had hoped based on that weird face he was making in the trailer. I am disappointed. I really wish we had gotten a little more humanity to him. Make me believe that he is a guy who regrets what he is doing so that he's not just a one-note fascist, but we'll get to the problem of fascism in a moment. The action was also weirdly underwhelming, whether to save on the budget for a future episode or just a refusal to make this more imaginative. I'm not going to act like Tachihara has the most interesting ability. I don't think you can animate magnetism that well. The swiftness of the metal shard stabbing felt bloody, but not as visceral as it could have been. Tachihara's defeat would have worked better if we cared about him, and blinding him while not exactly disabled is leaving a bad impression on me. It doesn't come across as, this is tragic, it comes across as, this is tortuous, and I don't feel comfortable watching it. Again, they're going to try and make you appreciate and sympathize and like Fukuchi when you realize he was doing all of this because of Fukuzawa. It's not going to work. He has been shown to be such a miserable person. I don't know how Asagiri is going to make the audience cry for him when he's defeated, assuming that ever happens. And while I'm still complaining about Fukuchi, we rush through Fukuchi's motivation to kill politicians that condemn people to war, while not getting into enough about how he is hypocritical as being a fascist. I know that there's this quote that is going to circulate. This comes up in My Hero Academia, where it quotes a Charlie Chaplin film that has the line, One murder makes a villain, millions a hero. This should be something here. There should be something that really is tearing apart that Fukuchi is railing against these politicians who are getting millions killed with their warfare, and that Fukuchi is focusing on a limited number of people and actually debating, okay, so we're now in a debate about whether it's mere numbers or that it's okay to do it when it's these specific people, but not other people. I'm not expecting Bungo Stray Dogs to be very good as a moral lesson regarding the ethics of murder. We already did that with Oda. I don't think we can really top that with regards to was Oda correct in refusing to kill, and then he sinned when he decided to go after to kill Geed? I don't think the anime can pull off improving on that kind of a story by now showing Fukuchi is willing to kill specific people. That's going to get him considered to be a villain in the eyes of the world, 
whereas in his own mind he thinks he's the hero because it's actually the politicians getting people killed. There should be a moment to really sit with this and think through it, or show Fukuchi having some visible example to show hesitation or worry. I don't even remember getting that when, as we're going to see in the manga, he likely has killed Fukuzawa. We're not getting enough from Fukuchi to make us think this is someone who is complex and is making us terrified having to ask, is he correct? It just comes across as, oh, he's the villain because we're supposed to like Tachihara and it's bad enough that he couldn't just kill him and he didn't just turn him into a vampire. He also had to blind him, which... Is the vampirism going to cure the blindness? Because the vampirism might be curing Akutsugawa of his Lund illness, which maybe not because once the vampire ability is canceled by Dazai or someone else, are they all going to die? <sighs> These aren't questions that inspire fascination to stick with the story. They're questions that inspire frustration because the story has not shown itself to be doing very well at answering any of them. So, I think there is potential hypocrisy for this fascist Fukuchi to complain about politicians condemning people to die in war when Fukuchi is running up a pretty high body count and, you know, taking away the free will of everyone to turn them into a vampire army, which, how is that any different for the politicians to condemn people to fight in wars and Fukuchi to now possess people into a vampire army to fight his wars? I kind of want the story to just put an obvious neon sign around it to say Fukuchi is being a hypocrite. I guess the point is supposed to be being a fascist makes you a hypocrite and yeah, maybe that would work except we then are going to make it doubtful whether it's fair to call him a fascist because we're going to undermine his entire motivation when we learn he's doing all this just because back when they were young, Fukuzawa refused to enlist in the military with Fukuchi to fight together on the front lines. It empties out any political motivations he has. It just makes Fukuchi a child, someone who didn't grow out of rejection. Given that it makes Fukuchi look so childish, it should work. It should be showing that fascists are childish, that they are not anyone who has any goals in mind except their own immaturity. They're brats who want to play as supervillains. But that means that none of this will actually address the problems the series opens up about perpetual warfare, about fascism, about torture, about state-sanctioned violence. It brings up these are all bad, and then we're to ignore it because, oh, Fukuji wasn't really fighting for all of that, he just missed his friend Fukuzawa. The war is over. The trauma's not over, but the war is over. Nothing was stopping Fukuchi from catching up with Fukuzawa over drinks. You can't get back to the past, which... Oh god, now I'm realizing he could just be using his sword to keep going back in time until he could go back into the past and rebond with Fukuzawa and get closure and that's probably how this is good and with time travel undoing all of this oh my god please don't let that be the ending 
one last complaint, one last complaint before I get on to other updates and news. The vampire outbreak in this episode looked goofy. In the manga, that passenger was not smiling at the viewer. In the anime, they have him smiling at the viewer. This isn't even like a good evil dead kind of a gag. This is, is that supposed to be our horror movie monster movie references? At the end, Michael Jackson turns and looks at the audience with the big eyes and we're supposed to be frightened like the end of Thriller? Is that the big reference we're getting? I really wish they had done something more with the vampire horror movie aesthetic and they just kind of didn't. Kind of makes you wish you again OVA to see another perspective. Maybe see what Motojiro, Oguri, and others are up to as they're having a deal with a vampire outbreak. I mean, we do have that short story with the two of them along with Katai and Lovecraft. I mean, I saw enough artwork of enough people who ship Lovecraft with Bram Stoker. You're telling me that Lovecraft wouldn't see a vampire outbreak and just flop himself down? grab some popcorn, eat it, watch the chaos unfold. I mean, come on, be a little more creative with what we're getting here. It's freaking vampires. It's not this hard to do something entertaining with them. Before we end today, I want to talk about some details from Season 5, Episode 3 I didn't discuss last week because, man, I was miserable seeing through Fukuchi's victory and how much was cut from the manga to adapt into the anime. If I could point out the good in the previous episodes, I have appreciated the progression of time being shown across episodes 2 and 3. Just look at where the sun is. Look at the colors of the sky. We see that continue into episode 4 when we see Fukuchi is on the ship around sunset and Ongo and Atushi in one of the promotional images watching the sunset as well. So, there, I said something good about the previous episodes. Now to get back to the negative. Fans online pointed out how Studio Bones condense Atushi and Akutagawa scenes, where they're trying to think how Dazai and Chuya would plan an attack on Fukuchi. I'm disappointed that scene got cut. It makes less sense when Fukuchi says Atushi and Akutagawa didn't trust each other and didn't think this through, when the anime shows, yeah, they actually did a pretty good job trusting each other. But if you had added a scene from the manga, it would have shown, no, they really didn't. In the manga, there's a scene that shows the initial plans each of them proposed for how to defeat Fukuchi. And in each of their plans, it involved the other one getting killed. It was played as a gag but also set up how neither trusted the other and was foreshadowing that one of them was going to end up dying. That didn't happen in the previous episode. After everything we saw between Atushi and Akutagawa, they did trust each other. Akutagawa gave up Rashomon and put himself at risk so that Atushi could get in the fatal blow against Fukuchi. It's silly to act like they didn't trust each other when the evidence from the episode itself showed it, Whereas if you had added the scene from the manga, it was shown before they reached a agreement, there was significant distrust in the other, and that's why they ended up losing this battle. I know the anime is trying to stick to the message that the manga is presenting, but when you cut scenes that reinforce that message, 
you're making it look like Fukuchi just got it wrong instead of pointing out how far Atushi has to go in order to be a better fighter and a better person to learn to trust someone. If you wanted to show it in the anime, then show it. Don't delete scenes that bolster the point you're trying to make. In hindsight, and all things being perfect, if Studio Bones could have gotten a higher episode order number, not only should they have made episode 3 into two episodes, one about Kutagawa's past, one about his death, with a lot more time available to then show how Akutsugawa and Atushi weren't trusting each other, but with that additional episode count, they could have adapted the light novel 55 minutes. And yeah, I know, I was the one saying introducing a light novel at the beginning of this season would have disrupted the flow of what was happening this season. Having the hiatus between seasons 4 and 5, and then throwing in another light novel, would have disrupted the narrative flow. But, that being said, I think 55 minutes would have actually helped us in a lot of ways. I'm embarrassed I didn't realize why they should have adapted 55 minutes. I have been saying so long, if they had adapted 55 minutes, all it would have done was to explain what Standard Island is, where Fukuchi was giving the speech at the UN. But no, I forgot the bigger reason you should adapt 55 minutes before the Fukuchi fight, and that's because of time travel. I had complained about episode 3 having Fukuchi be too overpowered by having time travel. There was a way to prepare the audience for his power. You adapt the light novel 55 minutes, which features the character H.G. Wells, whose entire power is time travel itself, and once we meet H.G. Wells, we see her ability, we accept that time travel is possible in this universe, now Fukuchi seems less special and hence, while not defeatable, at least less of an anomaly where he seems like someone who just won the luck lottery. Plus, if you adapt 55 minutes, it gives you parallels to where we are in the Fukuchi fights. 55 minutes is a light novel about Atushi and Akutagawa not being able to work together. Yeah. Are you sensing a theme? Now that they are back together near Standard Island, and still can't work together, it would reinforce how, despite how much time they have known each other, now that they are back at the location that they were at before, nothing has changed. They're back at the same location, they progress in their partnership, things are different between them, but they still don't trust each other, and their trust isn't enough to be Fukuchi. So, and now I'm more disappointed that the way I want things to go didn't work out, but unlike a fascist like Fukuchi, I'm not going to force it. In other news, Kaka Asagiri did an interview with Crunchyroll. In addition to talking about Fyodor's characterization, Asagiri talked about what else he's reading, his favorite book, how he is trying to pull from literature outside of those already in Bungo Stray Dogs, so outside of Japan, England, France, and North America. I would be excited to see where he goes with that. Before we wrap up today, I want to discuss the trailer reactions I've been doing. Those are now available typically by Monday night at the $3 tier at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. I start each audio commentary with a spoiler warning for everything in all of Bungo Stray Dog's content up to the day of recording, given that I will spoil away 
anything that has to do with the series with little provocation. That also means these audio commentaries are likely not as appealing to people who want to go into the anime looking to be surprised. That being said, it's not as if Kadokawa in its marketing doesn't spoil everything anyway because from watching the trailer, you can already recognize how this entire episode is going to turn out. To wrap up my rambling, I have some ideas for how things have gone or will go that don't have a ton of evidence of support but are just ideas I find entertaining. These are not predictions, because most people who claim to have predicted something are full of shit. But this is more of an exercise as to how this story could have gone in other directions, and that helps clarify why Asagiri made the choices he did with this story. Starting off, Edgar Allan Poe or Lucy Montgomery could have defeated Fukuchi. Lucy's ability, Anne's room, is a different space. We have seen abilities can still work even in her space, but we also saw that Lucy can pull someone deeper into Anne's room where there is no getting out. It's what she did to Naomi, it's what she tried to do to Tanazaki and Atushi, it's what has now happened to Hawthorne. You get in, you can't get out. I know the point is that Fukuchi can just go back in time enough moments to dodge every single attack, but I'm clinging to any alternate option that would have made it harder for Fukuchi to get out, and shoving him into the room that Hawthorne is in right now, where there are different spatial issues involved, seems like one option to prevent him from winning. As for Edgar Allan Poe, when someone is pulled into one of his books, they lose their abilities, they're negated. Fukuchi may be a trained fighter, but let's see how he does when he can't travel back in time. I know we're going to get the duel against Fukuzawa later in chapter 108, where Fukuchi seemingly kills Fukuzawa, but I still think Fukuchi won that fight by time travel. Let's see these two in a duel with no abilities, and then let's see if Fukuchi can win. Or, maybe that is the twist, that we will see that Fukuchi and Fukuzawa are already in the book. Just think about it, that maybe Fukuzawa didn't lose against Fukuchi, or that Fukuzawa looks like he lost because Poe wrote in the book that Fukuchi defeats Fukuzawa and Fukuchi falls for it, not realizing he's now the one being controlled by a page from a book, in this case, Edgar Allan Poe writing it, as opposed to the page from the book, capital B. But that idea doesn't work. It wouldn't explain how, when Fukuchi opens one order, Aya and Bram Stoker saw it. And it wouldn't explain when Rampo or someone else could have activated Poe's book to pull in Fukuchi or Fukuzawa. So, interesting idea, but probably a non-starter. And since I'm going with off-the-wall ideas, I got one more. In episode 3, I kept looking at the stripes on Atushi's face when he is in tiger mode, and then I looked at the scars on Fukuchi's face. Given how this story has gone so long without a comeuppance for Fukuchi and his time travel, is it possible that his time travel is going to be used against him and it will be the origin story for how Fukuchi got those scars? 
The scars do look rather claw-like. Maybe a certain tiger boy went back in time and gave them to him. From chapter 104 of the manga, we do see in the past when Fukuchi first invited Fukuzawa to join him on the battlefront at Tokoyami Island. And at that point, Fukuchi didn't have those scars. When did he get them? Did he get them after that war? Did he get those scars on Tokoyami Island? Or at some other point during the war? Or after the war? When Fukuchi tells his past to Atushi on the ship, the flashback in the manga made it look like he did get those scars during the war, but is not narrowing it down to any specific time. Even if my wild idea turns out to be accurate, if Atushi did indeed travel back in time and gave those scars to Fukuchi, how did he do it? How would Atushi have used Fukuchi's sword to go back in time? Or is there another way he would have time-traveled? We did witness in the movie Dead Apple what Shibuzawa did to Atushi in the past, but that was more like unlocking an old memory, not exactly time travel. If Atushi did time travel, shouldn't Fukuchi have recognized Atushi from before? If so, why didn't he go even more feral to kill Atushi before he could go back in time? But that's probably not what happened. Those scars were probably from one of the werewolf attacks or one of the other tall stories that Fukuchi has been telling people. What do you think? How do you think Fukuchi got those scars? Let me know in the comments section. So, final thoughts. Don't expect me to be in the camp enjoying this story. It is really hard to feel like there's anything good coming when you're just thinking it's going to keep getting worse for our main characters. And that should be fine. It's fine to not have everything work out for the main characters. They don't always need to win, but you're not giving us much of a reason to keep cheering them on. I almost wish that the episodes would end differently to show, you know, there's still a chance for the agency, there's still a chance for Tachihara, and instead, no, we gotta rush to the next devastating point. I'm not quite sure what tone or message this season, this current arc in the manga that is still ongoing, is to communicate beyond that you can't beat fascism, you can't beat the bad guys, and that kind of gets demoralizing in our current political climate. I wish that the season had been restaged to have more episodes with a glimmer of hope to keep people tuning in again, because... We're not getting a sense that this is going to be a victory. If you're reading the manga, there's no sign this is going to end well. So, I'm going to wrap up there for today. Thank you so much for listening to this audio commentary. What do you think about how Tachihara has been developed in seasons 4 to 5? I can't say I'm satisfied with what we got. We could have had the backstory into his family history, which is devastating, and the fact that they didn't reinforce it more clearly is irritating. We didn't get how badly his family wished that he had been the one who died in war instead of his brother. Do you think this story today has made him a more engaging character? To me, he came across as, we need him to be a deterrent on Fukuchi so that we can then show Fukuchi still wins anyway. It's a disservice to building up the character beyond what little we know about him. What we see of him in the Port Mafia is just that he's a thug, and now we find out he was incognito, 
and instead of showing he's a good liar, he going full Fukuchi, and that becomes annoying. I really wish we had done more with this character to make him more capable at fitting in so that it doesn't become silly that, of course, Mori figured out that the guy who looks like the guy that was in his platoon and has the same face and same last name is the same guy. It was so easy for Mori to figure out this is the mole, and it does a disservice to Tachihara's skill set. It does a disservice to act like he was an effective spy, and it does a disservice to Mori to just make it that obvious that, of course, Mori could figure it out. Anyone could figure this out. It doesn't make Mori look smart, and seeing as Mori's plan didn't even work in this episode, makes Mori look stupid as well, but... What do I expect? The series is trying to make Fukuchi look smart by making everyone else just look incompetent. But I'm getting off topic. We were talking about Tachihara. Did this episode do anything? Has the last two seasons done anything to make Tachihara more appealing? Was the twist that he was a hunting dog all along well executed? Even his remarks when holding Tanizaki hostage in season three about Tanizaki's sibling and about being drafted into a new organization, those should come across as ironic foreshadowing about his family history, about his enlistment into the hunting dogs. Did this episode make you care about him, or did his defeat at Fukuchi's hands just become one more example of an intriguing character made less likely to get your cheers because you know he's going to lose anyway? Let me know your thoughts about Tachihara in the comment section, or you can email me, derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this commentary, please consider contributing. Coffee.com slash derek.s.mcgrath, patreon.com slash derek.s.mcgrath. Special thanks to Alec Roach, Emily Lauer, and Alexis Duran. Next week, I'll record audio commentary for Season 5, Episode 5, Episode 55 overall of Bungo Stray Dogs, titled... At the Port in the Sky Part 1. What's going to happen in the next episode? It looks to be an adaptation of Chapter 92 at the Detective Agency Anew, where we catch up with Atushi and everyone reunited. I wish that ended the previous episode when Atushi escaped Fukuchi, but what can you do? Meanwhile, the Aura of the Clock Tower is going to deliver one order to Fukuchi, which means that, based on the title of the next episode, we're probably adapting at least Chapter 93, which is at the Portway to the Sky Part 2. Are we also going to adapt more because At the Portway to the Sky goes on for multiple chapters? I mean, the first one shows Aya's return to the anime and reveals Juno's origin story and reveals his ability, but... Will we adapt the next two chapters, chapters 94 and 95, where we see Juno in a fight against Fukuchi but losing, and Aya escaping with Bram Stoker, but Fukuchi still winning the day because he gets one order? Are we going to end the next episode with Aya's victory capturing Bram Stoker, or are we going to end the episode with yet another victory for Fukuchi where he gets one order? I guess we'll see next time, but I'm going to wrap up here. Until then, I've been Derek S. McGrath. You have a good day. Bye.